0: Hey there, folks. Welcome to part two of our live recording on Twitch of The Black Cauldron. Enjoy. So they are escaping together, Taryn tagging along with this uh, queen, sorry, princess. And as they're leaving, two things happen. Um, Taryn discovers a dead body with a sword, a jewel-encrusted sword. He's like, I'm gonna steal that. And he does. Which one would? which one would but also like that was another moment we were like this is terrifying for children like i would yeah. if i had seen this movie as a kid i would have been so scared um and then he steals the sword then we come to i guess there's like a different dungeon that they get to like pe- peep in on and f- fluterflam fluterflam <laughs> The Bard. This this movie really is like just somebody's D and D campaign, especially the idea of an yeah. oracular pig. Like that's such a yeah. life. I would not be surprised if there are some like black cauldron LARP situations happening somewhere. Um, oh, Fluterflum is hanging in the like sexy. I <laughs> I don't know why I just called it sexy.
1: Um... I know why because it reminds you of the fucking thing at Ren Fair, which is sexy.
0: Oh, yeah, where they, like, flog you. I mean, it is, no. like, a... No,
1: what's the thing where that you do this and then they pour the drink in your mouth?
0: Oh, the oubliette. Isn't yes. that what
1: you were just conjuring? You
0: can It was not what I was... I mean, I was conjuring, oh. like, the dungeon where you're, like, like that. Okay. Um, the thing that Ani was talking about was called the oubliette. It is... Uh, the best bar at the Renaissance Pleasure Fair uh, here in Southern California and it is essentially I mean who knows what it's going to look like after COVID too because this was Mm. one where they like get up on you and you can like you grab a thing and their whole thing is the bar is like this height and they they make mead cocktails. Mead if you've never had it it's like A lot of people like it. It's very sweet and syrupy. And so I like to mix it with like a cider or like a champagne or something. And they do really beautiful concoctions that get you so drunk. And their whole thing is (laughs) you have to either hold your hands behind the back, or put them, like, up here and they're like, suck it down for daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah daddy wench. The only time I feel comfortable being harassed is at Ren Faire because it's in, yeah. like, ye old Renaissance speak. And um, you have to, like, put your mouth on the rim and chug as they, like, top it off with champagne. And then you go watch Jousting and it's really fun. <laughs> so
1: fun. Whitney Hi. took me my first and only time.
0: 2019. And I made the
1: little axe in the little thing thing.
0: It's so tight you know. that they let you get drunk and then throw axes. I love Ren yeah. Fair. <laughs> And you know, it's it's, I didn't plan on talking about this, but it is like within the theme of the Black Cauldron because you know people are having meat and throwing axes and watching jousting and all that shit is going down, you know?
1: And the devil is certainly alive at the Ren Fair.
0: Oh my God, alive and well. He thrives. He thrives yeah. at the at the petting zoo where all the goats are. Also my favorite <laughs> yeah. part of Ren Fair. <laughs> oh my god okay the goblin who is unnamed for now he is making a very strong man carry a gart like a cart of dead bodies um <laughs> which i don't have any more notes of i just i guess i thought it was cool um oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay so um another thing about fligam flume house whatever his name is the bard Fling uh Flutter flom um he is a liar a medieval uh i thought it was a mandolin i don't know it's a little tiny harp type thing and it oh. snaps a string whenever he tells a lie and that comes in oh, handy right. later which also i'm gonna say that's magic so your mom would have deemed that as satanic a thousand percent and um i want to know if you have any stories around um, like, telling lies? Because we talked about this a little bit with our Pinocchio episode, but um, the the idea that there is, like, an omnipotent thing that oh. will just call you out for lying, like, was that a threat in your household?
1: Yeah, and also, I really... I didn't lie because of that, for the most part. But if there was something, like, in, in my house, it was, like, omission was also a lie. And if I and wasn't it is. telling my mom well i agree in in a lot of cases but it's also like you know when you're raising kids you want to if you're doing it in a healthy way you should let them have their own life like they should have things that they don't tell you you know right, they right, should right. have i guess like, i'm a talking diary about like that you the don't read.
0: the guy going like why well, didn't say whether or not i was cheating absolutely. on you
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah i think the romantic relationships like well and, you know and everyone can make their own rules around it and stuff but like it was the type of thing where I would feel guilty about not telling her every little thing because we were enmeshed and she had no friends and I was allowed to have maybe one at a time and it was mostly just she and I. And so she, and also, you know, your kids, so she could like read me like a book. So if there was like anything I wasn't telling her, my stomach would hurt. that was, That's like still where I like keep my emotions and I would be like sick to my stomach and also just like visibly like, weird or awkward um the two things that come to mind is like I stole a slap bracelet I stole when I was five a slap bracelet remember those
0: of course I do but did they have targets back then yeah in like the 90s yeah wow I feel like I experienced my first target in like 2007 (laughs) let me see uh, by the way thank you anonymous gifter for gifting <laughs> all these subs slap bracelets i love you get your first little taste of pain and i'm gonna call that <laughs> satanic
1: slap yeah, bracelets are satanic. inherently sat-
0: satanic yes
1: <laughs> um target oh was founded in 1902 what the believe f- it or not wait here's my here's my shocked face
0: <laughs> just like the guy that is um, insane okay no, yeah when they fuck when they rebrand so yeah, we went
1: to we, were, we went to target and i stole one I, I for some reason like i wanted one and she said no or something and i just like had to fucking have it i had to have a slap bracelet like because she knew I that slap
0: bracelets it's pain for fun gateway to
1: bdsm
0: yeah. although your mom is a big person she's like big on pain for fun she's like her whole life is pain it's pain for Look, I was uh, only allow-
1: yeah. higher purpose. I was only allowed purpose. to get pain inflicted on me from the wooden spoon she used to carry around in her purse. Which Classic. Is a thing. Um, <laughs> and she just
0: put it oh, just hand. show a little bit of neck. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's
0: horrible. Um,
1: truly horrifying. Okay, um, but uh, I-, I think this
0: is a good opportunity to talk about the story that you wanted to bring to today's show. Tell me about. I guess this is kind of related to like lying and disobeying your parents. Um, tell me about contracts. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) So, um, I, I have a little bit more perspective on it now, but I know now that pastor Fox did tell my mom when I was about to turn 18, you know, when she turns 18, you're going to have to give her a little more freedom. That was like, literally like he called my mom into his office and was like, because also my mom's reputation at the church, and you've heard this a little bit because Lori Mulliken from my childhood church come has come in now and swooped in and she'll even remind me of stuff I've blocked out. Is everyone you know? at your
0: church named Lori?
1: Every single person. You couldn't, you weren't allowed to go unless you were named Lori. <laughs> <laughs> my name used to be Lori. That's I. That's what I changed
0: and my And then name to for. Brittany and then Tommy. <laughs> yeah, the
1: Dottie, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but like, so... Uh, she, her reputation for being very strict and like, honestly, one of the strictest women or mothers, I guess, in the church was like very well known because she went around and told everyone what to do all the time, um, made her voice very like clear and known and would judge everyone else too, to their faces. Like, you shouldn't be letting your kids do that. You shouldn't be letting your kids do that. And so he was like, you know, she's about to turn 18 and you're going to have to like start letting her date. You're going to have to start letting her talk on the phone to boys. You're going to start having to let her like be alive and what my mom did
0: instead all satanic.
1: was yeah she was like well cuz that cuz freedom equaled satan that's it's right. just like a it's a clear path to satan like like any time you know desires they're all of satan like fun it's all satan so so what she did instead <laughs> of being like okay you can have a little more freedom is she drew up a shit ton of behavior contracts that had rules there were pages and pages of rules that I had to follow in all the settings I occupied at any given time with dates three lines at the bottom of each but she was remarried at this point to my stepdad where we'd all have to sign in date and agree that I would abide by all of these new rules or she was allowed to kick me out. So it was she was setting it up like you think you're gonna have freedom? Well, you can have your freedom and you can live on the fucking street. She would never wow. say that
0: yeah <laughs> So I had Wait, sorry, I'll did she have with, an, did she have an alt which she wanted to swear really bad? Does she have anything fun? Um,
1: no, we weren't even allowed to say crap. Crap was even bad. She literally I mean crap had is the worst story. word you could, I'm
0: shocked that you said it on the stream just now.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry, everyone in the chat. I won't say it again. <laughs> um, she actually has a story that she tells about the one time she said, fuck, like that's how much she doesn't curse. She wow. believes it's a sin. Um, yeah, and she's tracks. convinced her twin sister who she has gotten to become a Christian recently that it's a sin too. It's like, it's not of the where are you getting that one from? Anyway, um, so I'll start with the more basic ones and then I'll end with the wildest one, which is um, okay. So like there were church rules, house rules, um, how to, I believe, act when guests were over a list of rules. Then there were also weirdly pages of, um, how each room had to be cleaned. That was part of the what I had to sign. So like if I, if it was my job to clean the kitchen, it was, um, pages with each thing with check, with boxes next to it. I don't have to check them all off, but that was part of the new like contract, like, and this is how you clean and whatever, whatever. So, but for instance, the church rules, and I remember those specifically because they were the wildest. And mind you, signing on the dotted line uh, by penalty of being kicked out, I would abide by these rules.
0: I feel like Um, that's got to be the only contracts she's ever like interacted with in her life.
1: No, here's the thing. She used to be a legal secretary. This is why I dealt with this shit.
0: Wow. Wow using the law against you because what's more important than the law of oh, god honey
1: no but for real like for real? It worked, it worked uh, for it's like it's like black or white like would this hold up in a court of law like that's how she would argue with me like this like if you can't back your you know your shit up with like facts and charts and graphs and like the law then it's but of course instead
0: of that. being sued it's like you're out of here yeah which wow. they did end
1: up kicking me out um watching best week ever on a sunday yes Um, but uh so church rules included no slouching
0: that was on there i go to hell right away
1: no white pants because we got in this fight because at the time remember when like underwear lines were like blasphemous all of a sudden so you had to wear songs
0: ah i okay my my recollection of it is like not blasphemous but like not That's sexy the wrong word. like yeah. is like you have to wear a thong because you also the the whale tail was also a big part of the aesthetic and that was very important and i have seen coming back recently much to my These chagrin jeans, you can you can pry my high-waisted jeans out of my cold dead <laughs> I'm, hands
1: i'm the exact same way i mean lower <laughs> low-rise jeans just look absurd at this point but like um it, blasphemous was the wrong word but yeah kind of like gross like ew you can see her underwear line that like right. became a thing yeah so you know i bought thongs G-strings and she was like, you're not allowed to wear, you're not, we had this conversation. I remember being like, so you want me to wear full butt underwear to church so that people can see that I have an underwear line so they don't think of my underwear in a sexual way because like G-strings are too sexy. And she was like, well, if that seems ridiculous, then the rule is just no white pants. Because with white pants, that's when you can really see if there is or isn't an underwear line. Right. And and famously,
0: this is a trap that you have fallen many, many times, which is trying to point out a logical argument to your mother and then being deeply punished for it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And and well, I mean, that is literally what got me kicked out was pointing out a logical argument. So it was was, um, no white pants. Um, one of the rules was no shirts with offensive language as perceived by parents. And that is because at the time I worked at a tanning salon and I had to have a job, job. I was a bed cleaner. I wasn't, I couldn't even work behind the desk for us. I was like a bed cleaner and it was like cash under the table and like, whatever, you know, like right out of high school. But, um, she said that I, I mean, I had to have this job that was a stipulation, but I also wasn't allowed to miss church, but bed cleaners had weekend shifts. So what I'd have to do on Sundays is go to work for two hours in the morning, run over to church, do the, chur- the church thing for two hours, however long the sermon was, usually that long, and go back to work and finish my shift. Well, the the, the uniforms at Tans Us, which is the name of the tanning salon, said tan naked. And there was a um, theme song oh. and it was, come on everybody, let's tan naked at tan oh uh, there's like a radio jingle right that was our whole thing
0: radio jingles for tanning booths man that's a that's a lost a time yeah, a- I know
1: I know and so I remember it was you know and I was abiding by the rules I was working my job I was going to church but I was in uniform and I walked into church and, and you also had to wear shorts which were
0: great was what a banger to be fair
1: <laughs> i mean to me, yeah it, it pulled in the customers so anyway I, I walked into church you know with my shirt that said tan naked and i got in so much trouble and my mom was like all the men in this congregation are going to see the word naked on your shirt and they're going to picture you naked and they are so you're tempting them and oh. you know it don't but you dare ever wear that shirt into church again and of course I thought back I was like this is my work shirt I didn't choose this you're making me come here like what are you talking about yeah you can turn it inside out or you can change but don't you ever whatever whatever so that became part of the rule offensive language as perceived by parents because very she was like, clever That's wording yeah Dude, and I'm like all uh, right
0: what I um, okay there I, was I, earlier earlier on I would just want to say when I was like, I have this fantasy to gaslight your mom and to convince her that I'm a pastor and then like ruin her life. And I was like, that's too mean. Also, she's a miserable person. And then I remember all of it. And I remember all of the shit that she like blamed you for all of the stuff that she did to you. And I'm like, hmm. Let's go. Ga- let's let's get it for your mom. Let's gaslighter. Let's this is what I'm saying.
1: Like it's just payback <laughs> at this point. It's just what goes around comes around. It's just the golden rule is what we're practicing.
0: Yes. Yeah, and one <laughs> did stick his tongue in your ear. I mean, all of this like girl-ho- girl girlhood in general is pure hell and you deal with so many creeps and so much bullshit and given to have like extreme extreme religion pushed on you and making you feel like you're blamed like I also just really want to um make a pastor character I think that would be fun for me so guess we'll do a follow-up do it with you (laughs)
1: Um, wait let me tell you this last thing because I can be done right after this but there was also and this is the kicker okay this is the kicker there was a form that I had to fill out it was called um part okay another thing is she would make me punish myself. That was the thing she would do. Like you decide what your punishment should be type thing. So she made me draw up this form. She told me everything that had to be on it, but she was like, you go on the computer and you make it. So what's sad when you look at it now, cause I have it somewhere, is it's in like a silly font. And at the top, it says "Parte info. I wrote Comic instead of Sans? party.
0: Comic Sans or? Probably.
1: Honestly, probably. <laughs> but I think also the title was like a big curly like, and I put a border around it even. Like, wow. remember you could add oh, in like yes. Microsoft Word, right? Oh, yes. Okay, so it's like party info, P-A-R-T-A-Y. I was like, let's have fun with this, right? <laughs> and it's a full page of information that I would need to submit to her. There's a disclaimer at the bottom that says this needs to be submitted 48 hours in advance of the party and does not guarantee. Permission to go to the party. But I would have to give her the names of every single person that was going to be there, the address of the home, the names, first and last names of both parents and whether or not they were still married and who was going to be in the home that night, the license plates of any car that I was going to be in at any point during the night, the phone numbers of every single person I was going to be with, like an entire page of information. And (laughs) I had to turn this into her two days in advance of asking to go to a party. Did you which, ever have to
0: have a, the experience of asking your friends what their parents' license plates were? Yes. <laughs> were you popular? Yes, I did.
1: Um, I, the thing that, I had friends. Um, I had friends at school. I just wasn't allowed to do anything after school. So it really cut down on me feeling like I had a community. So like, I felt, I, I think I was like, on the periphery of, like, the cool crowd, um, but I was, ne- I didn't really ever get to know people very well because I couldn't hang out with them after school. Like, you know, I was, I was submitting that fucking info, and I, and the answer was no most of the time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I didn't go to a lot of stuff. It doesn't even matter <laughs> if
0: you, like, find everything that you need or not. It's just her, her fear, and this just goes to show, folks, I don't know if any of you are, expecting children or want that in your lives um this is the type of thing where it's like obviously and this is goes with all like religious stuff too it's like you're in for it because you want to help the person she thought she was doing the right thing by protecting you like it it, it, and it came from that ultimately and it just goes to show that it's like uh the worst Thing that you could possibly do as a parent is like hide your child from the world, not let them make mistakes, not let them fuck up. I, the only like slightly comparable thing was, um, my mom was big on, um, my sisters and me being good writers. And so anytime we did something, uh, like offensive, we'd have to write an essay about it in an apology and like mm. write a long letter. I also got really good at like writing people letters because of that. Thank you, Lynn Moore. Mm. Um, but I mean That's that can only go so far because then I was like I'm not gonna write it I'm just gonna sneak out again what are you gonna do ground me again and then I got sent to church camp <laughs> and that was go.
1: we've got a deep dive into your church camp like, oh
0: god on the next episode, I bet there's so much in common have time now somebody tweeted about um like how some of the songs just like s- fucking settle into the crevices of your brain forever and then someone tweeted the first words of our god is an awesome god awesome and then there's like the sign language it will never leave me it will never leave me and so i'm trying to balance it out uh with lots of heavy metal and lots of uh <laughs> satan i've got a <laughs> scare I'm a, those songs out of your memory yeah. you know what i just realized i want is okay because the horned king in black cauldron bringing it back is objectively sick looking like he is fucking cool in terms of like heavy metal iconography i want i'm putting this i'm sending this out into the universe i want like a waifu pillow of (gasps) the horned king have you looked on ebay i guarantee that doesn't exist but i am maybe listen i feel like anytime anyone has ever been like this doesn't exist on the internet they're wrong Yeah. yeah, so please give me a sexy body pillow of the Horned King or just a poster, <laughs> like a, an anime poster I can put over my bed. I'm looking up the Black Cauldron on Etsy. And
1: one thing that does come up is a set of pins that has fucking Gergi, Every Everyone that we've been talking about tonight,
0: look at I all that. Isn't Gergi that pin? the Horned King back there? I uh, will never wear a Gergi pin. No. <laughs> Ever in my oh, life. yeah, look. Oh, my you God, see yes. Him? Oh, yeah. He's so cool. He's so cool because I love the iconography of, like, a satanic character, like a Satan archetype being just a skeleton. <laughs> I love it. I know. But uh, then we find out, okay, a little spoiler, and I'm sorry, I know that there is at least one person here who has not watched Black Cauldron. Cover your he, ears. He does. His clothes get ripped away <laughs> in the last couple minutes, and he is man-body under there. He's skull face, man-body, man body uh, acrylic finger with joints, penis is what we have assumed. <laughs> we haven't looked for Bone King porn, but it's there because of the rule. Oh, Rule Thirty Four. Listen, there it is. I okay, so I'm I'm not super familiar yet with the Twitch. Uh, rules that will get us banned. I would like to not have my first show called the Whitney Moore Show get us banned from Twitch, but I did push the limits a little bit last week reading the erotic Resident Evil fan fiction. Talking about sex is off limits or? or, or... No, I actually specifically asked our, pod, our producer Harris, hello Harris, uh, how R-rated we can get and it is um we can talk about whatever we want but showing like rule 34 stuff is probably okay. off limits. come to our instagram and we'll probably just post some rule 34 shit if we yeah. find it <laughs> or i'll draw it listen if it's not there i will draw yeah. it um okay yeah. let's get back to black cauldron um they lose they get out and they lose they lose henren and they're like in the woods and they're doing the classic which is also like brave little toaster classic iconography of like you're going through the thicket and who do they run into? Cause who wasn't with them the whole time? Motherfucking Gumper. We hate him so much. And he's Gumber. like. <laughs> oh, and, and he's there. Wait, oh. You know who do you know who Gumper actually is?
1: Um, I Gumper is the name of that little thing, right? That we were playing. Stuffed with animal, in- I have I'm
0: so yeah. sorry. It's like um yeah. uh like one of those squishy toys that I bought in uh I bought with Steve Zaragoza on my 30th birthday in little tokyo and it's like one of it's he smells like cornbread, and he's like a squishy oh demon he's so great and Dumber, we named a I'm drink sorry. after him what was the drink
1: remember it was um red wine and diet coke
0: yes which i i will say is not a drink that we invented it is like no. famously a drink um mm-hmm. and it is so it's like better than it has any right to be Gergi, I'm so sorry I disrespected my friend that way. Sorry, Gumper. Sorry, Gumper. Um, He's, because he's trying to steal the old man's lyre. He's trying to steal his instrument. Always stealing shit. Shady as fuck. And he's like, no, no, don't kick me out. I want to be your friend. Look, I saw where the pig went. And he doesn't sound like that. He sounds worse, but somehow. um, But they're like, all right. (laughs) And okay, the thing that is weird about this moment is that Gergi has gone from, um, er- earlier, we did not discuss this, when when he first arrives on the scene, he's like, you're my friend, you're my best friend, I want you to be my friend, which also, big red flag, if anybody has ever dealt with a person like that in their lives, that is automatically the sign of an unstable person is if they yeah. immediately fucking bond at you and call you their best friend. Gurgi unstable sorry this is controversial <laughs> yeah. um, and then Griggy comes back this time and is like you're my master you're my master you're not my friend and he starts calling Taryn master which is so fucking gross and so it's like even worse hey yeah. dude you like, know, if you
1: thought you couldn't get more uncomfortable you got more uncomfortable
0: if someone isn't responsive to being your friend they're definitely not going to respond to being your master I don't know maybe maybe <laughs> Um, okay. So they, they Gurgi is like, I saw where they went. Um, they, he finds pig tracks. The tracks lead to a lake to cross. And then due to some like horn King fuckery, there's a whirlpool that happens and like sucks them underground. And it's like, I love nothing in this movie is explained even a little bit. Also, I'm yeah. going to say, um, calling someone you want to be your friend, your master. Satanic, Satanic <laughs> or having any fuck. master really, like by Other your mom's by Lord your Jesus mom's Christ. standards. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the ma- it's not Tarn yeah. Although I wonder if he is like meant to be that archetype, even though like following through with that doesn't make any sense. It's just that's like, interesting though. But maybe like the young, like the young prophet,
1: or like the prodigal son, or something. I could see that.
0: Yeah, although he doesn't, he hasn't like showed himself to be. Special That's in true. any way, like in he, any way, and that is, a, I feel like a really consistent thing with Disney movies, and it's not just the the boys. Cut in class, Gergi is just Gollum with pubes. You're absolutely right. <laughs> It is, it is a distinct similarity, and he's covered in pubes, making him all the more <laughs> horrifying. Sometimes when you see like a cute Disney creature animal that's covered in fur, you're like, oh, this would be soft to touch. Gurgy is wiry. And I can that, tell. Yeah. It's wiry and hairy. Yeah, as um, yeah. Anyways, they get sucked underground and into an underground fairy community, which is satanic. I like yeah. I, I want to talk about this with you because um, it's really cute. It's a really cute moment where they, like, go underground and they find all these fairies who want to help them. And, like, there's little there's little kid ones. There's, like, old man fairies. Um, I want to know, first of all, if you ever had a fairy phase because I did and I feel like I'm recently rediscovering it.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, if that was ever, like, a discussion in your household because fairies are magic that is Magical. secular according to your mother, but fairies are so innocuous and like, so harmless. So even like imagery, and that was big imagery when we were young too, is like fairy figurines and and shit. Like, I feel like that was everywhere. So everywhere. opinions. I was so
1: drawn to it. Yeah. I, I had like, um, well, this culminated in a gift actually that Mike got me, I think like two Christmases ago now, but um, there was this uh, at the local Apple Valley library, there was a book that was like photorealistic pictures of fairies. And the way that the book was presented was like, the story behind it was this photographer was just truly like exploring the forest and saw like, oh my God, wait, what is that? And like took a photo and then found like this whole colony of fairies. And, you know, they, the photographer, uh, this is what I remembered of the book, like took photos of each one and and then studied them and then like kept going back to the forest and would like gather information about each of their powers and like, they looked re- I mean the photos were beautiful and looked really real and I remember checking that book, out, not checking it out. But looking at it every time I went to the library I was obsessed with it and felt like it was like I knew that it was fantasy but it was I loved how real it felt and it really really excited me and um, I posted about it a, a couple of years back, and someone found it and and sent me the link and then Mike bought me the book for Christmas. Um, I truly moved shortly after that and all of my stuff is in boxes and I don't even remember the name of it right now um but uh it's it's gorgeous and it it was really cool to like see it again as an adult because it's like it was just as, honestly just as magical as I remembered and I just feel like I don't know it I know it's a very, like, gender-normative, typical girl thing, but, like, fairies are just everything. I know, like, but
0: we're we're post so... the feminism that we came up with, which is, like, like girls don't like pink, you know? Like, we can like yeah. all the girly shit that we grew up with and that we love. And, by the way, like, I remember discovering on AOL.com, as a child, fairy oracle decks, which was my first oh, yeah. experience yeah. of tarot, which I am now very into. And yeah. I, fe- I have this theory that's, like, whatever you were into at like from like 6 through 12 we'll find you again whether it's ancient egypt which is big very big for young young people cuz it's cool yeah. as hell or dragons yeah. or yeah. any of that like i encourage everyone to discover the things that made you happy as a kid and hopefully not be punished for it um by your evil christian mother <laughs>
1: <laughs> overlord mother i remember too do you remember britney spears on one of her albums it was a fairy on her side and then the wings made the b
0: and then she oh signed yes her name, of course Brittany. of course so I, I
1: made that fairy in ceramics class in high school that like i you know i copied it and i had that that ceramic fairy and then also every everyone in the chat i like legally changed my name and growing up my parents named me Britney and so I wrote my name with that fairy bee for like a while.
0: I was, was like just gonna cool ask. I'm everything. glad I'm glad that you you brought that up because it is like I mean, the story, your origin story is is wild to me and I just I love your candidness about everything mm-hmm. and I feel like it's healing for everybody. And the yeah. the Britney thing, it is it's so I mean, it's funny to me, but also that is like wrapped up in a lot of pain for you know, child Ani. Um, the pictures of Brittany are a completely different person. It is long flat iron blonde hair. So, I mean, Orange, you mentioned working yeah. at a tanning salon, so yeah. much tan. It is, it's a, uh, a truly different person, um, which speaks volumes about also how we change our look, we change our lives, you know? If anyone missed oh, the top cool. of the stream, I am now doing advice. Um, take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I'm curious if anyone has ever like, and I would add someone earlier asked about um, feeling stuck. And I think that the way that you represent yourself, I think that feeling stuck and changing your wardrobe, I would, I would also add that to, um, don't know if this person, it's obviously all going to be anonymous, um, is still watching, but change your wardrobe, change your look, change your life. Like there's a lot of validity in leaving behind, uh, you know, a certain aesthetic or a certain style if you want to mark a new era or a new chapter of your life. So that's all I'll say about that. Um, these fairies reminded me so much of my own childhood. And I, I just wish, I wish Lori could have the joy of believing fairies. But also it's, it's granted, I don't know, weirdly, like a little more legitimacy to me knowing that like my ancestors believed in fairies. Like I, yeah, like, yeah. Scandinavian so cool. culture is like very big on that. So I was like, all right, all right, I'll yeah. take it. Um, I'm fairies. I'm going to, satanic according to you oh, yeah. Um, yeah they they get them out of the hole which also this is like it's such a just funny like meandering moment where there's like no point to it like getting caught in a whirlpool and then going underground and meeting fairies like there's not a lot to do with getting to the black cauldron but i guess that's the the nature of an adventure story right it's just like who you meet who you, yeah who you go to um they get them out and they're, like, in a bog. Um, and they come upon what is, like, very obviously a witch's house. It's, like, got moss all over it. It's got bones hanging and, like, chimes and sigils and everything. If you watched last week, you know how to make a sigil now. <laughs> and um, I definitely am going to do it again. Um, and they break in, which, like, don't. Don't. <laughs> Don't break into a witch's house, like don't do that. First of all, and they're like, this must be this must be the place. This must we must be close to the black cauldron. Um, obviously, there is not one witch there, but three witches. Two of them look like normal archetypal witches. Third one, very thick and horny, and wearing lots of rouge. And this is also like there aren't a lot of adult women in this movie, but um, certainly two of the, two of the four women are like
1: titty outrageously
0: ladies. horny titty ladies and this inspired something that i don't <laughs> i don't think that you had anything to latch onto but i was like oh my god this is crazy um the big horny titty witch uh she like falls in love with a flutter Fortress and flugenheimen flugenheimen uh And she's like, can I pluck the strings of your harp? And she, I didn't write it down, but she gets something stuck in her tits. And this is like a classic cartoon thing of like a big, a usually like bigger woman with like huge shitty. And she gets something usually like, and this is definitely informed. This definitely informed a lot of people's sexualities. If you look at like rule 34 shit, for example, um, I think that it's like she gets a, one of the fairies or like a mouse or something like like caught up in the cleavage. And this is the thing in Aladdin, the lady goes, "Still, I think he's rather tasty," and she's yeah. like rubbing him, Aladdin, like into her tits, and yeah. he, they're like they're like suffocating, they're like. Confused, disoriented, they're like uh, can't bear the burden of these women's like uh, massive tits, and it is such an iconic. I mean, cut in class. Already saying those women awoken something in me as a kid, and I think that that is true for everyone. There is something yeah. that like happened in like not even '90s, but like pre '90s, because it's 1985, and like before that, there's oh. just something. There's like some trope of like a huge titty woman smothering a main character in like her giant bosom and like there's a lot of like I feel like variations like like a little mouse or like someone got shrunk and they got stuck in some titties like it's there it's so it's so weird that it's like such a consistent thing
1: (laughs) yeah I know and it's like very much intentionally put in there to. I mean I don't what is that what is that supposed to inspire in a child or an adult like Somebody being against their will, smothered by this huge lady's huge tits. Like, what is that
0: for? I wonder. It's for Satan. That's why I'm Satan. dinging. That's why I'm Satan. dinging the ding dong sound. Yeah. <laughs> it is deeply satanic. It is, uh, because it's like there is. I mean, it's it's a comedy beat, of course. But yeah, what's, yeah, the, okay. what's the joke what's the joke? Okay. It's like she's big and horny or like yeah. she's like is is it a is it a fat joke ultimately? Like what is it? Is yeah. it a joke about like women's sexuality? Like I don't know, all yeah. I know is that I love big titty ladies. I know.
1: <laughs> and and I, <laughs> and I would love to I mean, deep that deep would weight. be such a soft, you know, experience. Yeah, let's go know. let's
0: go into the fantasy for a moment. Yeah. You are shunk down. Yeah. It would yeah. be uh, like objectively one of the most comfortable places to be sandwiched, because it's Louis like a, yeah. it's like a hammock, and then even the, the danger of being squished, like, but that is automatically inherently sexual. Yeah. I don't know. Is this the sort of thing where it's like the animators behind the Lion King spelled out sex, and were like, right? Hey, yeah. <laughs> I we would say it, yes. You you were um Ani was allowed to watch some of the Disney classics before I don't even know if this was like before your mom had her had her what do you call it like second coming for her I think it was maybe
1: before we went to the church too because I actually remember those the specific conversations that we had the anti-Disney conversations we had at the church via this other woman um I'll keep her name confidential I guess um but we talked about I feel like we even watched a fucking video I don't know all I knew is that that was where I learned about the The boner, the print, the priest in Aladdin having a boner. Oh yes, spelling sex. Um, Aladdin whispering, take off your clothes. Yeah, like we were. It was that was like the message we got. Like Disney is hiding this satanic stuff, you know, the sexual stuff, trying to corrupt children. So that was sort of like the last straw. Oh, my mom's born again. My mom's born again. So she found christianity when i was maybe like, and then
0: was like all of this hidden sexual big titty ladies crushing people with boobs Fucking no more satanic, satanic. Yeah. i um i love that but i i also think that we should we, we should revisit uh on later episodes of the podcast the the classics that you were allowed to watch because i still think there's i would love a lot to. to talk about yeah um yeah i <laughs> I love I love the big titty lady trope. I feel like it's so I feel like it's fucked up, but uh, maybe mm-hmm. there's a chance that maybe the character designer just like li- liked it. Maybe he just like yeah maybe wanted it's just to a nice include thing. it he was just like yeah sandwich a lady between her big old titties and and that's yeah. and that's funny and that's also, also for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. big titty, which later is distracted by the man with the fjord and there's like also a oh there's a joke that I feel like did not age very well with like she's like do you think I'm beautiful and he's like yes but then the the liar breaks its strings because she's oh, lying yeah. because she's fat and it's a big yeah. joke and i was like fuck you she's got huge tits yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah. okay they have access to the black cauldron they are the ones ultimately who get this little boy Terran out of this nightmare so i'm gonna say i'm gonna ask you um Is the fact that like witchcraft, which also we've deemed like satanic according to your mother, um, is the fact that these witches they do do the classic Twilight Zone like for a price thing, but yeah, they do ultimately like help him. So, would would that be good or bad in your mom's eyes? Because they are villains, but they help. There's no
1: good witch.
0: Yeah. Just the fact that they exist probably is like the word deeply, witch. Yeah. yeah, deeply, deeply bad for your mom. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, even Glinda the Good Witch is like, Really, bitch? I know you're up to something.
0: <laughs> she is. Although, I saw a great tweet the other day that was like, Dude, if. <laughs> if if a house fell on your sister and someone stole her red bottoms you'd be pissed at her too <laughs> which is true that is true The shoes are fucking fire they want to trade the black cauldron for this sword that uh terran stole from like literally just happened upon and i guess we haven't really talked about it but has like the ability to glow and do cool shit and they're like that sword is sick. Gimme that. And he's like, no. (laughs) I stole this from a dead person, not you. It's so weird. It's like, bitch, I mean, honestly, like a testament to the mind of a 12 year old boy, really, which is like, no, I found cool thing. I forgot about what I'm, I'm supposed to be saving ostensibly humanity and the like fate of the universe as we know it. Yeah. No, my sword, a cool sword. Um, so, Eventually they convince him and he's like, okay, I guess you can have the sword. And do you remember they're like, okay, ha 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 ha, we're witches, find the cauldron. And they take the sword and there's like a big pile of cauldrons and they're like, which one is it going to be? First of all, before we get into where the actual Black Cauldron is, I feel, I was having this thought when we were watching it, the concept of bargaining seems deeply satanic to me from a Christian point of view. Thoughts?
1: elaborate also wait can you hear
0: this i can't hear anything
1: okay i can't even hear
0: you okay (laughs) (laughs) it's
1: been silent reading your mouth you're just really good at reading
0: this um okay i think of like twilight zone deal with the devil like meet the devil at the crossroads he gives you a thing to bargain for and that to me like in the church that i grew up in but also in i feel like religious culture is like bargaining has a lot of weight to it because it's like you're you never know what you're gonna get it's something it's something bad
1: yes and this actually okay so um do you remember i brought up that that made for tv movie starring suzanne summers called devil's food of course so this (laughs) this is when this came up in the movie we started talking about it and i don't think i had remembered the name of it but y'all need to know that there was a made-for-TV movie in 1996 called Devil's Food, starring Suzanne Somers. And the premise of the movie is she gets an offer from the devil that if she gives the devil her soul, he will give her the ability, I guess, to remain at her perfect weight, her ideal weight. Because the whole first part of the movie is like, her like trying to lose weight or like trying to like lose a few pounds and like I think she's like on I think she's like an actress in the movie or something so she like has to remain like this certain way this felt way or whatever and so she gets a bargain from the devil like in if in exchange for your soul you can be at your perfect weight forever but then and so she does it but then it becomes about like she doesn't like that she doesn't have control over her body and like so at first it's like she's eating all this stuff and then she continues to weigh herself and Sure enough, it's the same weight. I don't remember what it was. I wish I did. Um, like, I know what she's just mad. Was
0: listen? I mean, assessment. if you if you were someone in the '90s and you're like being thick is bad, like there's songs about how yeah. having a big butt is bad, and then you jump forward into I'm gonna say like 2016 onwards. I would be pissed if I made a deal with the devil to be yeah. skinny forever. What's
1: beautiful changes and then you're stuck and you don't have control. You don't have that, you know, control, autonomy to use the word for the fourth time in this <laughs> podcast. Um, but I remember watching that movie and I remember it watching it at Colleen's house who was, she was older than me, but she went to our church and so she would like babysit me. And I think I watched it at her house. And then when I remembered about it, a couple years back, maybe five years back, I put on Instagram, oh my god, does anyone remember this movie? And Colleen DM'd me and said I have it on VHS still. Oh my god. And she mailed dying. it to me.
0: I'm dying and to watch and Kira, it. And
1: me and, Kira, me and Kira, Well, here's the here's the problem. The quality of the VA, it's fucked. It was like we could barely watch it and you could also barely hear it. Like to the point where Kira and I set up a whole night around it we had like devil's food cake we had devil themed like snacks we had like you know it was like cream cheese with like chili peppers in it whatever we like went all out we were like super gimpo man it was called
0: um it was called the devil's food what was it called devil's food
1: devil's food yeah look it up um and anyway we tried we we set up this whole night and we ended up only getting like honestly like 20 or 30 minutes in because it was like unwatchable but I wish I could get a copy of that because it's like exactly the it's it's exactly what the dark side of bargaining is
0: okay so I'm gonna say I'm gonna call that satanic because truly oh, like yeah. even just the concept of a bargain because I feel like there's also a an aspect of it that is kind of rooted in xenophobia, which a lot of the church is. And, like, Mm. you know, the idea of, like, haggling, going to a market and bargaining prices, Like, that is steeped in so much fear also. And so bargaining, I'm going to say bargaining with a witch, no less. Deeply (laughs) satanic, according to your mom. Um, They... The Black Cauldron, it rises up from the ground. The earth opens up. They're like, oh, what's happening? We were just looking at a pile of cauldrons. And then it is big and um, huge. <laughs> no more words to describe it. It's just big. It's just a big cauldron. Yeah. And um, just in time, once you know it, the um, Horned King is there with all of his goons and his henchmen <laughs> and his goblin. <laughs> possibly plural and they're like pig boy pig boy my favorite part of this movie is that they're like just roasting the fuck out of him which like back then being a pig herder wasn't like any any worse than any other job probably it's just you herd pigs and also his pig is oracular so yeah back the fuck off goons yeah um anyways they get captured they get roasted pig boy pig boy and now is the time for the sickest and I'm gonna say most satanic part of this movie which is the undead army the cauldron born the fucking skeletons that get risen out of the cauldron because the horned king is there and he's like now's my time and they also use like the recorded. They like recorded actual physical smoke and then like colored it and overlaid it onto the animation cells, and it's so cool and psychedelic and very fucking metal. Um, this is where all the budget went. This is where the budget went. You're right. You're right. Um, we have. I mean, like this movie ends pretty abruptly after this, but yeah. I my I want to know your thoughts, especially as someone who said like earlier, even just the the sight of. The the Horn King was like, oh, um, I'm bad for watching this. Like the guilt is still immediately there. What did you think about the Cauldron Born?
1: I mean, it's really fucking cool now, you know. I mean, imagery-wise, like you were saying, um, it's definitely it's definitely a spectacle, and they did a great job and they really went in hard. They, you know, pulled no punches on making it like scary. But it's also it's another layer of something that I've always feared, which is, you know, not only the devil and hell, but the thought of who who's in hell. And there was, this, there was this part of the, the yeah. Well, but there, there was this part of the Bible that I remember it used to be rammed down our throats all the time, which is that after like, Jesus comes back for the second time and there's the rapture. And so like the good people go to heaven immediately. And then we all have to suffer for seven years and we have to like either get the mark of the beast or remain good. And then after those seven years, the good ones do get to go to heaven. And then everyone else goes to hell. And then after that, there's gonna be this moment. And I can't, my mom specifically, like she loved this moment. She talked about it all, all the time, but where God like lifts the veil, the barrier between heaven and hell and you in heaven. Well, cause we were going to heaven, right? So us in heaven, we were gonna peer into hell and we were gonna see all of our friends and family members who didn't give their hearts to the Lord. And we were gonna, oh. Half, it was all like, the blasphemers, was, yeah. And it was like the you were gonna get to see them, <laughs> the blasphemists. We we were gonna get to slash have to watch them suffer, and they were also gonna get to see us. And so is this moment of recognition from both sides from from hell's side people going like I was wrong and you were right all along mom or whoever wow. right dad my love right and and but then the people in heaven are just like the same thing like it's the one moment where in heaven you're going to feel sadness cuz you're going to see all the people that you love who ignored the, the
0: I feel like fossil. maybe maybe in your case like with your mom She's anticipating feeling sadness, but I also know all she wants is to be right. <laughs> Literally, it's the only thing just she glo- cares about is being that'll right. be
1: her bet she'll come so hard. She'll just
0: in be that moment. she'll, be, just she'll come it. so hard she'll be banished to hell Don't because you're that. not allowed to come. And she'll come from the happiness of being right so hard that God will personally pick her out of line and be like, mm-mm. God Not be like, today. Know this
1: is heaven and all, and it's all about feeling good, but that's too far. Not like that. Yeah.
0: Not like that, Lori.
1: <laughs>
0: you should have listened to the fake pastor, Whitney.
1: <laughs> Dude, can I just say, if if there was any buddy who was gonna get kicked out of heaven after doing all the Jesus stuff their whole life, then they go up to heaven, but they're a loudmouth and they like piss, they like rub all the angels the wrong way and like piss off God too, one too many times, and then gets kicked over into heaven, it would be Lori.
0: I mean that so it was in the church she was the most righteous the most like she was sucks as a person and I feel like that's the thing is like a lot of religious zealots are like oh yes I um I've I've done it all by the book but they're not good people (laughs) and yeah and it's
1: horrible I remember I used to ask like well what about kids who like haven't because you know you're taught if you die before you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ like you go to hell so i, would, I remember being like what about kids like what if there's like an 8 year old who like hasn't been told the good news like how could he go to hell and and it would, my mom would say then the bible it promises that everyone will get the chance to hear the good news and be given the option or not so her belief was that kid did hear about it and he didn't accept, he's going to hell. So all of this to say, to answer your question, the first connotation when I see that is like, my loved ones, you know, my friends, my family, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, and now they're being riled up by, you know, the evil king and and being used like to fulfill. I'm gonna be honest, Ani,
0: I'm two vodka sodas deep and I don't even remember the question that I asked, but I love the journey.
1: (laughs) You said, What did I think when above, like the cauldron born in him? Like, oh, with, yes, yes, with yes, yes. Army okay. Of the
0: dead. Yeah. Coolest <laughs> coolest cinematic, like, sequence in a Disney movie ever, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, this is a, an absolutely insane ending, though. And when I say it ends quickly, it ends pretty fucking quickly because the cauldron, the deal, the bargain, sorry, but the bargain with the cauldron is unlimited power. Whoever has it, but it requires a sacrifice. Also, I don't know. I feel like sacrifice can also be oh, like yeah. of God, but can also be of Satan. It's, it's just like, yeah. it's there as a trope. Um, and goo, I'm trying to remember it correctly. Googie redeems himself by jumping into the cauldron. For, because he knows, because he knows that a sacrifice is happening. I don't know. I don't trust anything. Googie does. And also, here's the thing. Some people, some Googie apologists will say Mm. that he did it because he was finally a hero and like he he he's grown. This is his arc, right? That he gets to Mm -hmm. he gets to be the hero. I don't think listen, if you you can do a right thing for some wrong reasons, and I think Googie (laughs) Gurgy is I mean, whatever whatever his reasons were for jumping into the cauldron, they weren't the right one. They were because Gurgy is good. It was just like Master will notice I think he me.
1: finally realized how useless he how was. How fucking
0: and worthless he is. He
1: put us all out of our misery, <laughs> having to exist in the same world where he's alive. Yeah,
0: exactly. that's how much I hate it. Was, him. It was guilt, and he was correct for it. Um, anyways, like it works because the cauldron got it sacrificed. And here's the weird thing: it just starts. The cauldron starts sucking everything, not unlike myself. <laughs> up. And the bone, the horned king is (laughs) sucked (laughs) up. The bone king is sucked up. The horned king is sucked up. And it is, there is no fight. There is no like, I I almost thought I was like, oh, this is a false victory. This is like before the real fight. But no, he literally just gets sucked up in the tornado of the cauldron and his clothes get like almost like so tantalizingly peeled off of him where you can see that there's man underneath under there yeah.
1: <laughs> and he gets
0: sucked in and like i guess dies there wasn't a sequel but then they're I mean, like where does
1: he go when he dies
0: the horned king that's a i mean double hell probably
1: yeah the hell part two like what it what is death for him what's that he wherever he is is probably enjoying it
0: Cutting i don't know will i don't stand I... for
1: this gurg-y slander <laughs>
0: I I do not. He eaten himself into a cauldron because he's just a sad boy. Exactly. I don't know where he went, but I know that the problem was immediately solved. They're never... And that's kind of the weird thing about this movie is, like, Taryn, the one who, like, up front at the beginning of the movie is like, I want to be a hero. He doesn't get the chance to fight the bad guy. Like, it's just Gurgy hauls himself into this cauldron. He flings himself. He eats himself. And then um the horn king is just sucked all up in there and Tara's just like guess I'm a hero now
1: I know I wonder if the animators just knew that there was no logical way for him to win against the horn king or something but like it's a fantasy movie and it's not logical anyway so I, I do wonder why there wasn't like more of a big climactic
0: you know Oh, okay, well, you know what? The answer is right in my notes right here because I wrote down Ooh. a line that Taryn says, which is, I'm not a hero, I'm just a pig boy. And he's right. Oh,
1: right, yeah. He is correct, <laughs> he sure
0: didn't right do anything heroic, except at the end, and this is where the movie becomes, to me, Disney for the first time ever because it becomes about friendship and they, like, get out of the uh, very rapidly falling apart castle. There's a big flood. They wash up ashore, shore is dead could could have have just ended right there could have could have just fucking ended um but then i guess the witches are there and they're like we'll do another they they meet the witch again and Taryn is like i'll trade gergi for the cauldron and you guys can have the cauldron and so like ostensibly that means that the witches who are i think true neutral like they're not they they are interested in yeah. their own like bartering. They want that cool sword because it's cool, but they're not gonna do anything with the cauldron. They kept it underground. So yeah. he's like, I want to trade it for Gergi. There is a a moment where Gergi is just like hanging limply a dead body and I mean I, there's Lion King for sure but I don't know how many other corpses are shown <laughs> in, in Disney movies.
1: See that's where I feel like the animators were tuned in to what the audience wanted and they knew not only did we need him to die we wanted to see him after he was dead so that we could spit upon corpse and cheer
0: well that's the thing is there's uh, okay i am i want to do more research on this because there is this this story is based off of like a welsh folk tale like a very old one and so i want to know first of all Gergie is a part of it or if that is a purely disney invention um and i want to know clearly they planned on this being a longer movie and or more than one movie because like we said, the animation studio ran into a lot of problems. Don Bluth quit. like there were so many things that happened uh, that like made this movie kind of the shit show that it is. Uh, but I am interested in the follow up. and that is just the end of the movie is like him, Taryn pressing his like face into Googie's face and they're like friends. All of a sudden, I mean, to be, to be fair, he is a pig boy. He doesn't have a lot of friends, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could do better. He's got that princess, Princess yeah. Alonwi, who yeah. is like never really seen again. Her like she's, again. she's like there yeah. at the end, but like unclear about whether she's a princess. So that's Black Cauldron. I need to know Ani. <laughs> We know, especially compared to the other movies that we have been reviewing on this podcast, how satanic, it's like way, way more satanic. What we like to do for those of you who are new to this podcast is we award pitchforks for, uh, to describe how- Like how many,
1: yeah, like how many pitchforks did it earn on the scale of evil? So what do you think? Here's the problem. I think with Fantasia- we gave Fantasia 666 pitchforks. Wasn't wasn't it Fantasia? It was like the most evil that we could award it. Well, I didn't know about Black Cauldron. It's like that Mitch Hedberg joke where he like cheers on the first question because he didn't know there was a follow-up question. (laughs) I I didn't know there was going to be a more satanic Disney movie. So I gave 666 pitchforks to Fantasia. I don't, what do we even, what do we What
0: do we do? Well, the thing is that Fantasia was the first episode that we did. And so we can, we can walk it back, but also like Fantasia is, you know, objectively would be awful for your mom to experience because it's not only, there's not only Night on Bald Mountain, there are so many instances of like magic and, and fantasy that are secular in her, in her world I would say you can, uh, you can award it the same, if not more, you know, either way she hate it. How about like an eternity
1: in the lake of fire of pitchforks? If that can be, yeah. yeah, And just a, a stream of, of fiery lava pitchforks that continue to come flowing in for all of eternity. Enough pitchforks to dig your way to hell. Yes.
0: Yes. By the way, yeah. that, and that then that back our... up to
1: heaven to see what you're missing, and then
0: back down to hell again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To apologize to specifically your mom and say I'm my sorry. God. I should have known. I shouldn't have watched a Disney movie. Yeah. I shouldn't um, have let
1: my kids dress like the Ninja Turtles. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Matt J. Sauer says, it was a series of five books and they did want a sequel. That. And Mess ET1 says it was a, an adaptation from a book series. I'm still going to say uh, Welsh because that's banging around in my head for some reason. Um, Ani, thank you so much for doing this live show with me. I'm so happy that I got to share um, our love of Satan and Disney with uh, the vest community. And I hope that you guys loved it. Um, can you talk for a little bit about what you're working on currently? And um, and we can pop Ani's info one more time in the chat I think I can do that
1: sure um
0: well thank you for having me on this is so
1: fun um and we've really missed doing the podcasting quarantine and stuff so it's nice to get back to it and like I love this community and like it was really fun last week tuning into your show um yeah I mean I left teaching to make a documentary and it's like actually done and you're gonna see it on June 10th I can say that now like it's going um to be released on June 10th I I wanna do a whole thing around it. So I'll keep the details. Um, I'll keep the details, but if you follow me, I'm gonna be doing a lead up to it. I think Instagram is probably the main hub. I I kind of filter everything through Instagram. I also have a website and I have a Twitter and I have, what else do I have? Um, Oh, I, I have an Instagram for the film itself. But anyway, it's called, Who's Your Teacher? And it's about the need for better sex ed in the school system. It's like, I wanna educate, on a global scale via film because the school system is not getting any better. I worked, I was a teacher for 12 years and it just frustrated me to no end that I left to try to educate this way. So I have this documentary coming out. You'll be able to see it on June 10th. And then I'm working on a show after that, that will provide sex education in a fun, hopefully you know, comprehensive, interesting way. Um, and so that's my new life path is, is, I mean, I'm still an educator at heart and I also like being raised so fundamentalist Christian and having no access to any information and stuff. It's like you have to learn about yourself and your body and sexuality and the way you interact with other people. You have to learn all those lessons the hard way, which is just incredibly damaging. And I'm to a place now where I'm just like the fact that we don't teach kids anything about themselves, how to understand themselves, how about their emotions, their feelings, their anxiety, anything is like Horrifying, and I think that it should be a human right to have be given all of the information about your body and how it functions. Like it's crazy that we have this machine and like no user's manual. <laughs> yeah, and like you're lucky if you get good education, but mostly you won't because public school sucks and sex ed is non-existent. So, um, who's your teachers coming out on June 10th? I talked to six porn stars about messages they receive from undereducated youth. That's the premise of it because porn stars have become pseudo educators because There are no sex educators. Um, That's a broad statement. I'm generalizing and you know what I mean. It's just sex ed sucks. You're doing um,
0: actually the Lord's work, Ani, with your uh, hyper. And this is why this podcast is such a joy for me is because you're, you're, Perspective from someone who grew up in one of the most extreme examples of what religion can do, and then also being a teacher, also spending time in the public education system, has granted you such a unique perspective. So, everybody go follow Ani's documentary, read her writing. Thank you. Okay, I love you, you, Ani. Thank you for coming. And, um, and guys, stick around. We're gonna do the the Whitney What's Good, but I will let Ani go. Um, love you so much. I love you too you the best.
1: Bye, everyone.